With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Uh, welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're going to talk about 6236 and honestly, whatever else. Um, I kind of thought that there'd be more to talk about with that game, but basically any position you talk about, the Buffs just won. Like there isn't too much nuance to Bobby Purify and Chris Brown just shredding that defense. You know, there isn't much to break down. It's just... Nebraska screwed everything up, and those two took advantage over and over and over. And Bobby Pesavento was on his game, just dropping balls wherever he wanted to. I I don't know. I I, I think it's crazy because I've met Bobby, and I've met Daniel Graham, and I've met a bunch of these people who played in this game, but I've never had a chance to just sit down and watch not only this game, but really any game that those guys have played. And so to like to have spent an afternoon with Bobby Pesavento and Matt McChesney hearing them reminisce about this game and then to go back and watch it, it's pretty cool. Um what a quarterback. I th- I think that's I think that's kind of the storyline here. Um obviously the running backs, Chris Brown goes for six touchdowns. But we all knew that was coming. We all knew that that was kind of the story of this game is that they just kept running and running and running. And even when they had runs get called back, they'd just go out there and do it again. Um, What you don't hear about much with this game, or at least I never heard, was Daniel Graham's influence on it. Or Sean Tufts. Or, uh, oh, the cornerback whose name I'm forgetting. Number four. Uh, who made that play the, the the to knock the ball out at the goal line. Like, that's a massive play. All of a sudden, Nebraska could have gotten back into that game, but all of these guys just did their job, honestly, is what it comes down to. They each did what they were supposed to do, and they did it all so well that there really wasn't too much to talk about from this game because they were just perfect in everything that they did. Um, seeing Daniel Graham move like that, seeing him outrun a bunch of these really good defenders is pretty cool because, you know, I mostly, I mean, I remember him with the Patriots, of course, but I mostly remember him with the Broncos when, you know, compared to a lot of those defenses, he wasn't 
a super quick guy. Um, but to see him just out there shredding these defenses, running after the catch, getting to the end zone, it's just so cool. Um, you know, Justin Bannon's out there too. Um, McChesney, obviously. McChesney just about runs down Crouch on one of those plays up the sideline late. It's just so cool to see all of these guys in their prime. Pes- Bobby Pesaveno probably was still the biggest shock to me, just seeing everything that he could do. I didn't realize. Um, if you guys have any thoughts or anything, leave them in this. Oh, I didn't mean to flip that. Let's flip it back. There we go. If you guys have any thoughts or anything, leave them in like the say something thing right there, and uh, we'll we'll get to all those. Um, your thoughts about the game, or if you want to talk about this season or last season or whatever, we're kind of just here to hang out for a bit um, and kind of unwind after I had a couple avalanche amber ales from our good friends at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, I actually got those delivered last night. I got like the big barbecue thing and they were giving away, I think it was six packs for $5 when you order that stuff with free delivery. Um, definitely check out those guys over Breckenridge Brewery. Um, but yeah, so I had a couple of beers and now I just kind of want to talk about this game. Um, again, just so cool to see those guys actually play after hearing about them or talking to them, um, to, to see what like the glory days of Colorado football is, because, you know, I've talked about it a lot on all of these podcasts. Um, I've I've talked about, you know, the path back to contention, the path to being in the top 25 consistently, um, to being a couple good breaks away from, um, a top 10, um, appearance in the rankings to actually see what that looks like in Colorado. It's exactly what we were talking about. You know, it's, it's having the dominant offensive line, opening up so many holes. But then also, you you have the running backs who can take advantage. You know, if, if I'm Chris Brown, I I probably run for three touchdowns in that game. I um, I say that and I think about it, but I think it's actually true. If you put me in Chris Brown's shoes, I think I run for three touchdowns. But there's also the three that he does on his own. Like the offensive line puts in half the work, but then the running backs do everything in their power. And then the quarterback is so... I don't, I, it's, it's tough to say because it's not like he was making game-breaking throws. It was just that he was so consistent. You know, he's he's moving the sticks on third downs, um, and then three plays later, they're breaking a run for 40, 50 yards and a touchdown. Um, but just all all those pieces just coming together, um, doing everything they can. Um, again, I think if I were one of the offensive linemen, I think Chris Brown still runs for three touchdowns. I think I don't know. I don't know. But but yeah, that's just how good that team looked. And then defensively, they got away with mistakes. You know, it's still college football. You're still going to give up big plays. That's just the way the game works. Um you would hope to not give up that many. And I feel like this is it's kind of like flashing back to last buff season when we're talking about, you know, talking to Mel Tucker uh, for the first time after the game. I'm saying, yeah, you know, I think we took a step forward defensively. I think that we're, we're starting to get to where we need to be. The problem is we just have those big plays. If you take out the gains of 60 yards, 40 yards, and 20 yards, then all of a sudden we're only giving up just over four yards per play. And that's kind of the mental gymnastics that we were going through every game um, for most of the season. And then late that defense got pulled together. But but you do see those little leaks in the defense happen. It's all about just getting those situational stops. You know, it's 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 starting to get a little bit scary. Nebraska drives down to the goal line and you have somebody make that play, knock that ball out, get the ball back to your offense. 
that's what football's all about, especially nowadays. It's also just kind of crazy to see how reliant these teams are on the run. You know, it's it's really what they want to do. Um, run first down, run second down, and if it's third down, you still probably run, or maybe that's when you start to try to throw at the sticks. Um, I love it. Um, I, I think maybe if everybody was still doing that now, it might get a little bit boring, but as a change of pace, that is so great to watch. Um, watching watching Nebraska with those option concepts, like screw Nebraska, all that stuff. Um, but it is still cool to kind of see that flashback to that era where it really is this transition from option offenses into these more pro-style offenses still run heavy but more of like a lineup throw a fullback in there with a you don't know, get that lead block and run the ball up the gut you know if those those charts that they're showing of the buffs running game um you'd think that if if they're running for those massive gains they're running for those touchdowns that they'd be doing it getting to the edge like getting to the edge would be the goal but no they're just gashing them straight up the middle just right up the middle over and over and when when you get a fullback in there you just get numbers you know you you have your five offensive linemen and they they each have their one guy assignment and then you have your fullback just run through that hole hit whoever's first and all of a sudden it kind of just works like a funnel and the running back just hits that funnel and if he can make one guy miss then all of a sudden he's gone and that's a really fun style of football and I think that's kind of what Colorado is still trying to get back to I think they were definitely trying to get into it last year but with Carl Durrell, I think that they're going to keep moving in that direction. Um, you you see the steps that offensive line took. Um, I, I think you're going to keep seeing more of these heavy packages, multiple tight ends, um, fullbacks, um, big backs, and they're trying to hit you up the middle and then take advantage when you overcommit. How many times did that Nebraska defense overcommit? It was like half of those long runs, it's like the linebackers were just deciding pre-snap, like, oh, this is going to be a run to the left. Um, it'd be interesting to hear whether that's something that Gary Barnett or somebody on this offensive staff of the Buffs realized. Um, like they were looking at the tape and saw, hey, if you run left twice, um, this Nebraska defense is going to be jumping to the left. They're going to be expecting it to be to the left every time. And then they took advantage. I don't know. It'd be interesting, to, though, to get, get inside those guys' heads and see what they were trying to do whether they expected to be able to run on this team like this you know did did they think that they could just gash this Nebraska defense that nobody thought they could gash um or was it kind of a surprise you get out there and you break a couple big runs you're like well I guess we're rolling with this today um See, Denny Driscoll says, man, I love this. Yes, this was just so much fun. Um, thanks to all of you who watched with us. That's what makes this worth doing is if we all decide we're going to do it and we're all tweeting and we're all just kind of hanging out because we don't get to hang out in person as I look outside and it's just like a beautiful day with no clouds. I haven't been outside and I don't even know how long anymore. But uh, we all still have our internet friends. Um, so on Saturdays, that's college football day. We'll be doing this again next Saturday. I actually don't know what the next game will be, but I'm excited. And if you guys are, I guess if you're CSU fans, I think the CSU guys are watching a bowl game from 97. The Rams played Missouri or something. I think tomorrow there's a I think, I think there's a game from John Elway's rookie year that we're watching. Um, then we'll go through the whole cycle, and then next Saturday will be College Football Saturday again. Tell your friends. Let's let's all do this because this is so, so much fun. I was amazed at how, how many people were jumping in. Um, it was like half of Buff's Twitter was just hanging out watching this game, which is the way it should be. Um, 
Let's see. Dill Pickle 768 says that run was in or that run attack was insane. It was. And I mean, that's what you're hoping the buffs are building. Um, as much as we all like Brendan Lewis and we want to see these receivers succeed, if you can just run the ball, that's that's replicable. If you can run the ball, you can run the ball. You don't have to worry about drops. You don't have to worry about balls slipping out of your hand. Well, I guess they still like the fumbles. Maybe that's the next game. Um, but I mean, when you have Alex Fontenot, Jaron Mangum, Ashad Clayton, and then Deion Smith as a change of pace, if you can go four deep, that's kind of what they're building. And you you lose Tim Lanott. You lose Arlington Hambright. But, you know, Josh Gines, I like a lot. Uh, Frank Phillip has been in the program. I think that he's ready to take that step forward at tackle. I think this offensive line could be really good. Um, I'm interested in what the new offensive line coach, Mitch Rodrigue, does. Um He's an interesting guy based on the videos he posts on the internet. Um, I don't know what he'd be like in the meeting rooms. Like maybe that's like his selling his whatever he calls it, like the blocking. Oh, the rod, the rod. You hang hang like the blocking bags on it and everybody hits them. Um, Maybe like for those videos, he puts on that persona a little bit, a little bit like the Southern goofball type. Or maybe that's just really who he is. Um, It'd be interesting to be in those meetings. Uh, I wish there were spring practices going on. I guess what? This would be the end of spring breaks. There wouldn't have been any this week, but we would have had a couple weeks before this and then after. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's it's going to be fun to see what this team turns into. I think that they have a lot of talent and a bunch of interesting positions, um, which means that they can line up and potentially beat up the defense and then run right by them. Or, you know, with the receivers they have, I think that they could be able to throw the ball well too. And you remember that, Brendan Lewis being a running quarterback, that'll open things up. And if it's Tyler Lytle, then, you know, a lot of those same things still apply. So, I don't know. The run attack was insane. It was so much fun to watch. Um, It makes me hope that that's what Colorado's getting back to because that's what worked for it in the past. And I think that against these Pac-12 teams... We saw, we saw what you can do to a Washington, a a USC even, um, before things took a turn late in that game. They were so close, and you wonder with all this stuff going on what that means for anybody, but uh, I just want the Buffs to get back to that. That looks so much fun to see all those people on the field. I mean, it was just like the Nebraska game this year, I guess. Um, Not Well, not just like it. This was 62-36, to but, uh, you know... The, the energy. The energy is awesome. Uh, Brock Otis says, it was a great game. Took it, or I took an extra long lunch to watch. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Um, hopefully you can do that again next Saturday because Saturday is going to be a lot of fun. I had lunch from Blake Street Tavern, which was incredible. I ate... I'm not sure if you guys have gotten the chicken tenders there. I usually don't order chicken tenders because I feel like a child um, when I do that. But theirs are just so good that I got them again. And it's just massive. And I honestly kind of want to sleep. The combination of the chicken tenders and the avalanche, whatever, uh, Breckenridge beers, avalanche, amber ale, uh, those... Those make you a little bit tired when you stress out about a football game like that and you're constantly tweeting. Um, good day, though. Good day, though. That was my lunch. Um, what's this? Dill Pickle 768 also says the DMVR watches is awesome. Yes, it's so much fun. Hopefully you guys um, now see what we're all about. You know, we're, we're watching this Buffs game. Uh, we're also watching Love is Blind. I think that's 
maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I can't remember. Um, we're watching like old Av series, old Nugget series. Um, we're going to do some more college football games. Going to do some Broncos stuff. Um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, ideally, we'd be able to like play all these at our bar and go hang out there. Um, but we can't for now. And so this is going to have to be a substitute. Um, it's a lot of fun. And again, thanks for all of you who went through this with us because that was a fun day um tell me what else you think about this game um i think it's all it was funny to see brett musburger i think he had a couple lines that were pretty cringy um saying that ralphie should name should be named rachel that was a big one um what's he thinking first of all in your prep for this game you should probably have found out that ralphie is a girl i i i don't I don't know how you don't, you know, it just seems like one of those things that would come up. Like you must have some page on Ralphie somewhere that you're referencing and, uh, it should say that she's a girl. So that shouldn't have been a surprise, but then to try to change Ralphie's name to Rachel during the game. I mean, it was just one more way to make buff fans mad. Um, after hyping up the corn huskers, the entire game, even, even when the buffs went up, were they, was it like, like, 24 see they hit 35 so I, I i think it was 14-3 they were still acting like nebraska was just gonna win the game like they were still saying like oh yeah they're they'll they've got it and you're just like no 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 don't you see what's happening here and they were doing it before the game too like both teams want to run nebraska's better at it though and then you watch the game i don't know it's frustrating and it's the kind of thing that you still see a lot um, with commentators, everybody goes into a game with their like preconceived what's going on. Um, and not to like, I, Brett Musburger's great at his job. I uh, just want to throw that out there as well. But it would be interesting to see if like those guys going back and watching it are just like, huh, yeah, maybe we were a little bit like we let our expectations influence how we called that game a little bit more than we should have. And I bet that they would. But I think that in the moment, it's really tough to see that. Um, I think that it's tough to be thinking because like, because like right now, if LSU were to play whoever's the number 15, like is maybe Georgia's in that range. Let's just say LSU plays Georgia. Um, you're expecting LSU to win. Like that's a great football program. They've been winning a lot. But also you kind of have to say it's a one off game. That's what it's about. You don't want to alienate half the fans by saying it's going one way or the other but in the moment when when everything that's in your mind is LSU's really good LSU's really good you've been thinking for weeks about how this team is going to win a national championship just like with Nebraska you just assume that it's a little hiccup but then when you watch it back a few years later I, I bet those guys would even say like we could have been more balanced like we, we we should have called the game in front of us instead of saying or letting our expectations influence things um, I saw an ad for Circuit City. That was a throwback. I think I think like at the time it was like the last ad that popped up after a commercial break. And I think like Dr. Pepper was in there. And you see the Dr. Pepper and Dr. Pepper is just like written in this old font that's a super 2001 font. Um, and it's just like kind of just set there in the middle of the screen and the camera's kind of moving. It's weird. I mean, first of all, it's impressive that they could even do that back then. But now... It's, it's strange that they can't... Like, it's just weird to see. No graphic producer. Like, nothing's moving in any of that. Um, same thing. So, I think it was that. I think it was Budweiser. And then Circuit City pops up while I'm thinking about how old all this looks. And I was like, ooh, wow. Um, I don't know that I've ever gotten anything from Circuit City. 
I don't know when it closed down either, but I'm sure it's closed down. Um, oh, Nacho Class 13, our, our friend Cole Cook, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to out him, commented on the podcast, which is the way this is supposed to work, um, and said, I may be day drunk, but let us talk about how dumb the BCS system was. Ah, yeah, I like this. Uh, Nebraska not only loses by double digits, they don't even play in their conference championship game. However, they still go to the national championship and get stomped. Given CU lost to Oregon, uh, that was a dumb way the season ended. Yeah, um, I don't know. And again, I, I haven't watched this whole season. Maybe Nebraska won every other game by like 30 points. And so for this one to be a loss by 62-36, uh, almost 30 points. Um, 26 points, there we go, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, but because of that, like it still bounced out. I don't like putting the numbers on it. I don't like trusting a computer to do all that stuff. Like I think you, you, there's, you should use that as some input. You know, you have the RPI, like look at what the RPI says, um, specifically with college basketball, just because that season ended. But you know, when, when you're looking through, there's so many resumes you have to look at. Um, there's so many different ways you can evaluate things. Do good losses count more than bad wins or bad bad losses and good you know there's all that kind of stuff and so to have some power ranking that says um this team beat this team or lost to this team um and just go through the whole season and be able to put a power number on it i understand the appeal and it seems super fair and especially i mean again you think back to the bcs era that's kind of when we were first getting into the ability to do all that stuff technologically and the, the thought that you could just put a formula um into college football and figure out how everything's supposed to work you know it was i think more appealing back then than it is now now i think it's a good factor to have to be able to say here's what our formula that we think is balanced perfectly says it says this team is the best this team is second best um but you still i, I like the committee a lot better being able to take in that information and say okay yeah this this makes sense but also you have to remember that this quarterback was hurt or whoever. There's just so much going on, so many factors um, that, that letting one computer system decide the fate of all of college football, I don't know about. Um, I think watching that game, it was really obvious that Nebraska wasn't going to win a national championship. Um, that team was not good enough. Um, Colorado, very good football program, but they were not Miami that year. Um, and they were able to do what they did to Nebraska. Um, it'd be interesting to go back through the rest of that Colorado season because watching them play, you would think that they would have been in that national championship conversation. Um, I, I want to go back and actually watch the losses more than anything. I want to see who did that team lose to because that team was special. Um, as you could see, like when you have when you can dominate the trenches like that and have playmakers um, behind them on both sides of the ball, whether running back or your DBs. Um, how about Sean Tufts? He was beating him up today. But, you know, I, I think that they were kind of built in a way, especially with a quarterback like Bobby Pesavento, who just was not making any mistakes. He put the balls where they needed to be. Um, he didn't need to stretch the field all that much. He just hit his open guys um, and hit a couple tight windows too. That's the formula for a good day for a quarterback. Um what else? What are my other notes? Oh, it was, it was, I don't know. 
they they had the firefighters from New York on the sideline, um, and the conversation around them on Twitter while we were watching was really interesting. Um, people saying like, "Oh yeah, I remember seeing them um, right in front of us, like they were they were in our section or right in front of our section." Or other people saying, um, "I think somebody said they they got a shirt from one of them, and like his brother got a shirt, and they went out to dinner, and because his brother was wearing the shirt, they got the food paid for because they thought that he was a firefighter at." 9-11 and so that that does kind of put things into perspective seeing those firefighters down there um and also saying what a great environment it is it's pretty cool but uh two months three months after 9-11 um feels so long ago but then you look and you're like there's bobby pesavento he looks just like himself um yeah uh, let's see. What was that? Dylan H768 said buffs were able to force a lot of turnovers, including one on the goal line. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's what you want your defense to be able to do. Like every defense in college football is going to give up points. They're going to give up yards. Um, it's, it's really hard to stop somebody from picking up 10 yards in three plays. It's really hard. Um, especially when you think like, um, I think a lot of us were pretty disappointed in the Melvin Gordon signing. Um, I'm starting to kind of come around uh, for the Broncos. But one of the reasons is you look through the numbers and he's ran for four yards per carry once. And you look and it's like 3.8 yards per carry consistently. That's not all, all that impressive. But then when you think of it in terms of on the field, that's that's picking you up the first down if you just run the ball every play all three plays it's hard to just get stops um you need plus plays you need to force turnovers um you you need to be able to get the ball back um when you are behind the sticks like jump some passes pull the ball out whatever but also get some sacks get some tackles for loss push them behind the sticks and that's that's what makes a defense a, a really good defense when you can do that situationally that's what makes you a great defense um again like like it said in the comment Nebraska had a chance to get back into that game. They're down at the goal line and the buffs forced that ball out at the goal line. That's not like when you look at the stats, it'll say forced fumble, but he deserves a lot more credit for what he did um, because of the situation in the game. Um, it isn't all the, the same, like an interception isn't always an interception. A forced punt isn't always a forced punt. Um, so, I, I, I do think that that's kind of the thing that's missing still from the current Buffs defense. I think that you could start to see that, though. I think they have the playmakers on the outside um, with KJ Trujillo, for example, a guy who I've been really high on, who, who as a true freshman last year at 165 pounds, he was making plays. He was sticking to receivers. He didn't always get the ball out, but I think that with another offseason, you know, getting a little bit stronger, working on the technique, I think that KJ Trujillo can start to get that ball out when he's in position like he is typically in position to do. Um, he can get some of those interceptions. You pair him with Chris Miller, Makai Blackman, plus you have the other young guys uh, behind him. Um, you know, Dylan Thomas has just the perfect body for a cornerback. He's just so long. He's young and might not be ready still, but he looks like a great cornerback. Um, Tariq Luckett is right there too. But uh, I think that that's where you need to start seeing them make plays. I think Mustafa Johnson, he needs to not only get back to what he was as a sophomore in terms of production, but also in he needs to increase the timeliness. You know, on third down, he needs to be getting to the quarterback. Um, he needs to be ending drives because that's the type of talent he is. Uh, Nate Landman, same thing. Um, 
every third and short, he needs to be the guy who's stuffing that run. But again, I think all these guys are capable. I, I think that there are so many guys on this Buffs defense that are capable of being part of a great Pac-12 defense. Um, because in the Pac-12 against these offenses, you're just not going to consistently you know, force three and outs. It's so hard to stop a team from getting 10 yards at some point. Um, but you can get the turnovers. You can set it behind the stick so that you increase your chances. Um, and you can do all those things at important times in the game. Um, before we move along, I want to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. Like I said, I had some of their beers yesterday. Well, today. I, I got them yesterday, and they were so good. Uh we got like the big farmhouse platter thing that that has like I think there were like ribs and pulled pork and baked beans and a whole bunch of barbecue stuff and you could add on a six pack for five dollars so we got a couple of those we got the avalanche the vanilla porter um, and they're really good I cannot recommend them enough great deals they are delivering to a lot of Denver like everything south of Colfax I think so I'm in by like three blocks um, and uh, if you use our code uh, DMVR then you can get a discount which is pretty cool um, so definitely be using them also Strava Craft Coffee uh, some of the best coffee you'll find and they'll deliver it straight to your door which is so nice especially right now the way the world is um if you use the code dnvr20 you can get 20 percent off your order from strava craft and get shipped straight to your door it's a great deal again um what do you guys want to talk about I, I have a bunch of thoughts i can keep running through oh we did get one more um in canyon city i was there great day that's the other cool thing is seeing people say like oh i was there i remember um i was with these people or all these things like that's the cool part of sports is all of those sorts of moments being able to be a part of them um being i think we had a couple people who were tweeting along with us who were in the band um it was pretty cool uh, I, I just love that and hopefully you guys enjoy that too or at least enjoy it compared to sitting in home at home alone which is what we typically have to do now um yeah let's see um let's talk about the buffs quarterbacks next year because i think that that's really interesting and uh carl durrell said um when we talked to him a couple days ago that uh that's kind of the focal point for everything the coaches are doing right now especially those offensive coaches um it's what can they do to put the quarterbacks in the best situation to succeed um what's tough about it is that they each need dif different things and uh when you're trying to build an offense um and carl said this too carl said this isn't a time for us to be trying to push our schemes uh, it's it's the time to build an offense around the players that we have. Um, and, and so with that theory in mind, you would think that the first box that you're trying to check is how can we build this offense to fit the quarterback? But when you don't know which quarterback is going to be starting, that's a lot tougher. Um, and so, so that's one of the things that Carl Durrell really hammered home um, was that they're trying to get these guys in a position to succeed. Um, both Tyler Lytle and Bo and uh, Brendan Lewis, who he said are the two who are really competing for this job. Um, and because they do different things, he, the coaching staff is trying not to push the offense too far toward one's strengths than the other. First, because 
You know, you don't want Tyler Lytle to win out in an offense that's built around the quarterback running the football because that's where Brendan Lewis is going to shine. Um, but also because you don't want to take away Tyler's chance to succeed and to win that starting job because you built the offense to fit the other quarterback better. Um, and so that's kind of the line that the buffs are walking right now because as soon as they pick a quarterback, that's when they're going to go full board. Here's our offense. Here's what we're trying to do. And there's going to be so many changes. There's going to be so many things added to the playbook or taken out um, that it, it, it makes things really difficult um, to learn quickly, both for the quarterbacks, but then also for the rest of the roster. And then you have to see where those things work. Um, and, and that's, that's what's really tough, I think, um, is figuring out how you build this initial version of the offense that's going to be used to kind of be a platform for Brendan Lewis and Tyler Lytle to prove that they deserve the starting job in this offense. And then you change the offense to something that fits them better. Um, it's also tougher that these aren't more experienced quarterbacks. Um, Tyler's been in the program for a few years now. Um, he's been around college football. He's learned playbooks. Um, Brendan Lewis, as a true freshman, hasn't had those experiences. Um, and that means it's going to be tougher for them to just jump into new schemes quickly. Um, if, if putting Peyton Manning in a new system would take him three weeks to get up to speed, then putting Brendan Lewis in that system might take seven or eight or nine or ten weeks. Um, and, and so that's the other thing is that everything has to be so simple early on, which I actually really like. Um, and, and that's something that Carl Durrell said in that conference call is that if, if the players don't understand what we're doing, it doesn't matter what we know. And I think the exact line, one of them was, uh, it doesn't matter what we know. It, it matters what the players know. Um, which is a great point. And if you can simplify things and make it very easy for everybody to make the right decision, uh, then I think I think that you could see a young offense have a lot of success. Um, not putting too much on anybody's plate, but just finding a way to get the ball into everybody's hands and let them make a play. You know, Alex Fontenot, if you put him in space, he can make a play. Ashad Clayton, the same thing. You look at these receivers. Um, Katie Nixon, obviously, he's electric with the ball in his hands. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that, too. I think we're going to see Katie line up at all the different receiver positions. I think we're going to see him line up in the backfield. Um, he's going to move around and be that chess piece because. He's somebody you want to get touches to, and you feel safe when the ball is in his hands. Um, I think that he needs to take a step forward in a couple of areas. I think that he could be a better route runner. Um, I think that I think that given more opportunities, he'll become a little more natural in space. He's still good in space, but um, it almost feels like there's some pressure on him sometimes. Like he he gets there and thinks, okay, I gotta do this, and he's overthinking. I think that if you get him in those situations more often, then all of a sudden it becomes second nature to beat a guy and get downfield. Um, I think it's gonna be a big year for KD. But again, you have these playmakers, get the ball in their hands and let them go do something. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean bubble screens and jet sweeps and that kind of stuff, but run double slants or something. 
run some drag routes. Um, maybe send a guy deep and see if he's open and let your quarterback unleash a long ball if it's there and if not have those little check downs get the ball the running back leaking out of the backfield um, work work so hard on those releases for your tight ends and your running backs have them block for a second and understand when it's time to slip out and be an option for the quarterback um, that's so huge because those are just the free yards when it should probably be an incompletion um, it's those little things that you just need everybody to understand and it's not as much about learning the playbook as much as it's just learning how your position works um, and, and I think that this coaching staff is very well suited to teach those things I do wish that they could be doing it right now though instead of uh, not having practice for a couple months but this is where we are um, you know what I think that's going to do it for today if you guys have any more thoughts or questions leave them on the post for today's show at thednvr.com and we'll get to those tomorrow i think or maybe monday i can't remember what my schedule is um and it'll be a lot of fun thanks for staying here riding with us and definitely be back saturday um when we watch another one of these buffs games it's gonna be so much fun and maybe we'll see you before then at love is blind or something or the podcast all right thanks for listening thanks for watching today and we will see you i think they like my colorado And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey. Hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get Like I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado.